1: Welcome to the most must-see and must-listen-to soccer podcast in the history of mankind. Welcome to Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear Up Texas podcast. Everybody already knows who I am, but let's welcome back to the show the one and only, the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain. Josh, welcome back, my friend.
2: Thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure to be on this show.
1: It is an absolute pleasure. And honestly, we planned this only a few hours ago because you texted me with an idea. And since you've been a positive impact not only on this show but in my life and my career, your ideas truly matter. So let's do this, buddy.
2: All right. Let's go for it.
1: So tell the world what exactly was your idea that you said to me because it's your idea. So I'm not going to steal the spotlight for you, my friend. So go ahead. Go ahead. Have at it.
2: All right, I thought this afternoon that an interesting topic of discussion for this episode could be which London-based, well, which manager of these two London-based gets the expert, Antonio Conte at Spurs or David Moyes at West Ham? We had a difference of opinion on this, which I admit,
1: kind of surprised. Well, it's it's because Antonio Conte is, as you said, on the hot seat. But you've said this before that you were really in favor of Antonio Conte being a Tottenham. But a conversation that we had is the problem is the options are beyond limited.
2: That is true.
1: Um, but I have to well, stress the fact that I don't uh, think Conte I would guess, be the one to be sacked because who could, who could possibly replace him if Tottenham sacked him?
2: Well, that is true. Top level options are sparse, but. If listeners, well, they should have already gathered by now, that I think Conte gets the X first. You think Moyes will. But here's why I think Conte will get it first. Because they flamed out in the round of 16 in the Champions League, you get all these years of Spurs kind of being in the top four or safety. But they don't seem to move that evolved they're just kind of stuck with ownership to look at arsenal they went down well i not down as in relegated but down in the table they bought they finished a few years ago Chaff all their their club they started getting wheat in there and they're in race your big rival is now in the title race and your just stuck hoping to get that top four spot that's a big egg on the face of the ownership and as we've seen managers are usually the ones who pay the price for the ownership mistakes sometimes it is the fault of the manager sometimes it's not I think there's blame to go around for all of it but I really would be surprised if Conte is leading this team next all I think if isn't sacked before the end of the season, after the Premier League is done, he'll either be sacked or they'll give up we have mutually agreed to part ways, some nonsense. And then I anticipate Spurs will sell Harry Kane, whom I think wants to leave, and it would probably be the best thing for them to do. Just get what we're doing for him now and try to rebuild. You know that Hugo Laris is in the twilight of his career. had a very good career, but obviously now a lot of holes to be patched on squad and they need to just go for a two, three year rebuild and you know, commit to getting another guy in there who's ready to take project because you know that is a club there that's in dire need of results. I don't think they've won any Honor of any kind since two thousand eight. I think Carabao like yeah. cup or something. Obviously, they haven't won the top flight since.
1: Tana has just been in a fans. period of just they're absolute they're mediocrity. expecting that to change. Because you know, you, know you talk about Tana. I mean, Tana right. was We're recently eliminated the from top the FA Cup four. too. You got to keep that in mind.
2: Yeah, it's true. I just think it's just gone stale. I don't know if you'd call that mediocrity or not.
1: I think, well, yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's Manchester United that went there. through mediocrity because Tottenham, as you said, hasn't won a title since 2008. And you know what the interesting part is? The last time I think Tottenham won a title, I believe Gareth Bale was
2: there. Perhaps.
1: Yeah, it, it was it was that long time ago. And uh, first of all, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. I think there's a little bit of technical difficulties, but those do happen. It's, unfortunately, it's out of uh, Mr. McSwain's control, but... You know, as you said, I mean, Tottenham, I think I should probably would have thought out a little bit more, but, you know, because Tottenham was recently eliminated from the FA Cup, you know, that was embarrassing. I mean, the way they lost, I mean, I forget exactly who they lost to, but, you know, but when I saw that that happened, I'm like, good God. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, Harry Kane is basically, if he's at the end of his rope at Tottenham, imagine this. if Tot- If Harry Kane is gone... Then don't be surprised if if Han Ming Sun follows suit. I mean, I'd want out too. If if he's not there, then I don't want to be there too.
2: Yeah, I mean, Son would fetch a pretty penny in his own right too.
1: Yeah, and rightfully so. The
2: only thing you don't know, if, you know, they would hold off on selling Sun just because, you know, you don't want to completely allegation zone. Which I don't know if that would happen if both of them were gone, but yeah, you start to wonder how good they would honestly be without either of them. I mean I think Kane's gone, son is a maybe. But more on content. You look look at his last spots at Chelsea and Inter Milan was at both spots two years. He won over 60% of his matches at Chelsea. And almost 63% at Inter. At Spurs, he's winning 55 points. That is his lowest winning percentage since being at Siena in 2010 through 2011. I just think you can say it's multiple things going on here, but it's just not really working, whatever it is.
1: Nothing seems to work for Tottenham anymore. I mean, You know they when you know they fire Mauricio Pochettino and then I I believe Jose Mourinho came along. It briefly worked. Yep. But not surprisingly, it soon fell apart like sunk quicker than the freaking Titanic. And that and, and that goes completely out of control. So then Jose Mourinho gets gets the axe, as you like to say. And then here comes Antonio Conte and. And during that process, I mean, there were several other managers that were basically in in line for, for this particular job. I could have sworn, I, I think you mentioned this to me, that the great Zinedine Zidane was reportedly linked. But I'm pretty sure I said right off the top, there's no way he accepts. Because, I mean, you talk about Zidane being I don't linked in the Premier that. League. I mean, recently, the whole thing with Chelsea and Zidane has basically resurfaced, but... And Manuel Petit, Zidane's former international teammate, immediately dismissed it. So I got to be honest, coaching in the Premier League is a very tough job. But what makes it tough is when you're the manager of one of the top clubs, I mean, you have your hands full. Now, some would say they would argue that Tottenham is is not one of the top clubs. It might not be one of the top clubs as far as success and dominance goes. But as far as the name goes and the fan base and everything, it's one of the heavyweights so you have your hands full and this goes back to our first debate about David Moyes at West Ham and then of course Antonio Conte at Tottenham the difference is nobody really has any expectations for West Ham United i mean west ham united is just another season they're let's just let's just let's see if they can finish you know two or three spots higher than they did the previous season i mean as far as west ham united goes you know it's like no one really like when people look at them, they're like, "Well, what have they done for us to be convinced?" It's just that Tottenham is such on on another level. So, yeah, the that's true.
2: But that's exactly why I think Conte gets the axe first. I mean, yeah. but I can it make the case though for Moyes because last year they would have gotten to six. and and gotten into the Europa League if they didn't blow it on the last day against Brighton, but they did. (laughs) And so they had the Europa Conference League or whatever it is, and now they're what, It's 16th? I remember one time James Corden talked about being a West Ham fan and was like, you'll either have the thrill of trying to get into the Europa League or the thrill of avoiding relegation.
1: (laughs) Right? Or the Europa Conference so, League, but I'm not I'm not entirely as,
2: sure how you qualify for that. I think if you finish seventh in the Premier League, that's what you get. But I feel like Moyes, with what he's done, I think he'll have a little bit of grace as long as they don't drop into one of those final three positions with like a month or six weeks to go, which I don't think they will because they have – more talent than those other clubs they're fighting against at the bottom. But why do you think that Moyes would get sacked first?
1: Very likely because, um, like I said, I think from my perspective, because nobody sets forth heavy expectations on West Ham, but for Tottenham it's different. So now I'm kind of thinking, you know what, I think it's it, it would probably be logically more sensible if, if Antonio Conte got the axe first. But the reason why I did not have him as getting getting fired first is because the ultimate reason is if he's fired, who who takes over? And not only that, but Tottenham has been making too many firings lately. Okay, so I mean, you know, and speaking of that, I mean, the manager recently. Sure. The, there was something you talked about, the former manager of, of Bournemouth. How he was, he's been sacked now twice this season, and there was that game against Liverpool. You you talked about that earlier today, I believe.
2: Oh yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, so Scott Parker, if you remember, he was the manager of Bournemouth when they got blasted 9-0 by Liverpool earlier this year. Well, it was 9-0. He was sacked shortly after.
1: And recently, you
2: said he was sacked again.
1: Didn't I say
2: 9-0. Well, was it 9-0? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean,
1: it it was obviously a blowout, but
2: yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a 9-0 loss. He gets sacked shortly after. He ended up. I hope saying that right in Belgium. And lost seven to one on aggregate to Benfica in the knockout champions league today. Now oh, right, has yeah. been dismissed from there. <laughs> I'm just like okay. It's very interesting how he went from, you know, a club in the Premier League that's fighting in the relegation battle. Now you're managing Champions League. It's like
1: falling upwards. Yeah, that was a bit well, of a surprise. I mean, you're you're coaching you're coaching a, a a Belgian club, but still, like, you're in the you're coaching in the Champions League. So, yeah, can't really, right. add, yeah. But you know, very well from what I understand, you know, and you mentioned that Antonio Conte basically received serious jeers from the crowd today, which is no surprise. I mean, oh yeah. Tottenham. I mean, Tottenham. I mean, you know, I, I did an episode before this one about how PSG was so was eliminated probably in the worst way possible so far. And speaking of PSG, it kind of seems to me that that year after year they find themselves to be eliminated in a more humiliating fashion than the year before. So that being said, uh, I, I'm curious to see how how it's going to happen next year. But uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But you know, Tottenham too. I mean, losing one nothing mm-hmm. on aggregate. I mean, ugh. Yeah, at, right. at this point, you know, it, 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 could you imagine if Conte was sacked? You know, imagine if he was sacked while we're doing the episode right now, or if he's sacked sometime by tomorrow.
2: Oh, boy, wouldn't that be something? But I, you, you talked about candidates to replace him, and, yeah, there aren't too many big names out there. I think it would be hilarious if somehow they got Thomas
1: Tuchel to take the job. Could oh, <laughs> you imagine? Well—
2: you out know, I'm glad you mentioned head. that
1: because I, earlier had a that com- I had a conversation <laughs> with a Chelsea yeah. fan at my work, and and when he he asked me to explain to him why firing Thomas why Chelsea firing Thomas Tuchel was a was a bad idea, my answer to him is he, he was blown out of the water. I said Thomas Tuchel made mistakes, obviously, because the problem was after Chelsea won the Champions League, which they did in a great way, he did not make some adjustments to the formations and the tactics. What you have to understand is that in in this in today's generation of the game, teams can be so easily figure out figured out that a manager probably has to utilize at least five tactics and formations in the season. He's got to switch them back and forth, and he's got to switch them when no team is suspecting it. So Thomas Tuchel made that mistake, but at the end of the day, I really believe that the ownership also, you know, when the new ownership came in, I mean, I, I, well, was he fired before or after? It wow. was
2: fired after Todd Bowley, sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but yeah.
1: Okay, you know, so he, was fired, he was fired after I
2: the feel change. like they had some disagreements over, yeah, you know, spending strategy. Well, and that, and the, that, and that, that and the jazz. and the the play and style. So
1: that's they, why they were yeah. trying to tell Tuchel how to do his job. They were trying to tell Tuchel how to do his job, and he said no, so they fired him. So so he, so the firing took place after the the ownership change, right? Correct. Okay, because I had to be sure because you know because you know getting it wrong would be a little bit of a little bit of embarrassment because a lot of Chelsea fans have, I've mentioned that to several of them. I said Tuchel was obviously a, was obviously part of the problem, but firing him, I feel, should not have happened. But you know, at the end of the day, some would say some say he just refused to make the changes. I'm like, well, the problem is a manager should not have to be told by the ownership how to do their job because when the ownership interviews him. He's good. They're gonna ask him, How do you plan on doing it? Okay, and then if he says that way, you know, if at first they agree to it, then it's fine. But I just kind of feel like Thomas Tuchel basically had a, a falling out. I would imagine he's probably not gonna talk about it because you know, to he doesn't want to blow the, the, the thing out of proportion, which I totally understand and respect. But my, in my honest opinion, Thomas Tuchel was fired away after a falling out. I believe that Tuchel basically said. No, we're not doing it like that. That's not my style. That's not the style that fits the system system of our players. It's not going to work. So they fired him. They probably fired him because, you know, they say, well, if you're not going to do things our way, then get out, which I get. It's, you know, owners, owners, unfortunately, have the right to do that. But, you know, that's the problem right there with PSG. Like when when these clubs don't want to let them don't want to trust their manager, it doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense.
2: True. But, I mean, obviously the new ownership group did not bring Tuchel in. That was the thing. But also back to Tottenham, you don't know if they could perhaps approach Pochettino about coming back. I don't know how likely that is. About who coming back? Pochettino.
1: Oh, you, oh, oh, to- <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, I'm sure this, well, I mean, Pochettino doesn't have a, have a job right now. I wouldn't be surprised if if, if if Tottenham basically said, "Okay, look, I'm sure we can talk to Mauricio. We can. I'm sure there's probably no hard feelings. We can, you know, work things out." But that's probably on the on in Tottenham's case, and, and more, in in Pochettino's case, I'm sure at this point he he wants a job really bad, but I'm sure he can get a job elsewhere. I mean, I'm I'm not exactly sure what what the dude's up to right now, but I mean, look, you, you could say whatever you want about Pochettino, but you can't deny the fact he took Tottenham to the Champions League final. Which I understand was under controversial circumstances because, because of the Raheem Sterling goal that was uh, that was ruled I think it was ruled offside, which was t- a totally bad call or a blown call. Yeah, it
2: well, was.
1: I get that, but the bottom line is he he took Tottenham to the old you know to the final, so that you, you can't take that away from the guy. He didn't win, unfortunately. He lost to to Liverpool in the final, but you know Pochettino, I kind of feel for him bringing him back is a hit or miss. But problem is, if the experience ended bad last time, I'm not sure if this time the experiment is gonna be any good. It might start off good, but it, 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 it might not. It might not end well. But then again, that's the risk with any manager. I mean, that was the same thing when Eric ten Hag was hired by Manchester United. But but right now, I mean, you know, you know I guess I guess Tuchel might maybe the <coughs> excuse me maybe the most re- realistic option. But you know. Who knows? Who knows if he if he has any interest right now? But you know, I haven't heard anything from Tuchel lately. You think about it. I mean,
2: who else is out there? I mean, those two names that came to mind. Um It would take me a little bit to really get else in
1: my to come up. Well, I mean, that being said, if I'm Tottenham and if Conte is fired, you know. I'm basically at this point. I, I'm probably just begging Thomas Tuchel to accept the job. I mean, it, it, if it comes to that, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to tell. They're gonna have to tell Tuchel. They're gonna have to assure him. Just set up the way the way you like it. Just make us a winning team again. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I, I don't see what other options that Tottenham Hotspur has. Because you know, yeah. miraculously, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. It it will. I mean. So I'll never forget, I think it was last season. I mean, at one point last season, Tottenham was actually – they were briefly on top of the Premier League sometime last season, weren't they?
2: Very sure they
1: were, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and that was before I think – and that was – I think that was under – well, I mean, I forget who was – if Conte was the manager at the time, but, you know, Tottenham sometimes is is, is a team that's a – overall, Tottenham's a team that's a hit or miss, but the problem is the track record indicates it's more of a miss than it is a home run. Yeah, but – but f- finishing it out like that, um, I really, honestly believe. I mean, even though like y- your your explanation is 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 very logical, but you know, because Tottenham doesn't want to be in the position to where they got to sack another guy and then bring him in, and then everybody's gonna be it's not gonna take it seriously. They're all they're all gonna ask, well, how much, how long is this guy gonna last? A day, a week, a month? Who knows if he? <laughs> who knows if he's gonna even gonna have half half, half half a season? So. Tottenham already knows they got to deal—they got to deal with that negative publicity, and and they know that if they fire Conte, and they know that if the next guy doesn't work out, and they got to do this again, the situation only gets worse and worse and worse. So, and I'm not sure if Tottenham is ready to kind of like deal with that kind of stress. I mean, they've got enough stress on them as it is.
2: Yeah, but they know that some action is going to be required before long because. I feel like if they just let this situation go on too long, it'll turn sour quickly anyway.
1: So what you're saying is, either way, Tottenham is in a pickle.
2: Yeah, they sure would be. I mean, obviously, these appointments, you've just got to get them right as it is.
1: You know
2: you got to know when to nip something in the bud, and I I think that that time is coming quickly, and, and obviously the options out there are not going to be plentiful, but you're going to have to eventually take your chance on somebody because you can't just risk your club becoming an absolute
1: nightmare. And it seems like Tottenham has is already, is already become a nightmare, but you know what? You can't let it get worse.
2: I don't know if it's nightmare yet. They're still top four, though Liverpool is only three points back with a game in hand. But based on the trajectory of things, it seems like Liverpool is likely to be number four spot. The other thing we haven't mentioned is that Conte was away from the team for some time in Italy with um, health concerns – how much that's going to play into it, but I just wonder if that will play at some point. I think that could also be something that ownership wouldn't really want to deal with. Honestly, though, I think Daniel Levy, it might be as much disliked as the two Glazer sons are at Man United. (laughs) I think Spurs fans do not have a very high opinion of him.
1: (laughs) Well, a lot lot of uh, fan bases, you know, are not really uh, fond of the ownership. So, but, you know, but as far as Tottenham goes, uh, you know, you and I can give all the possible realistic theories that we want because at the end of the day, they're merely theories. And all we can do is whatever happens, we believe it when when we see it. And of course, we're we're back right here to give our thoughts because you know, other than that, all we can do is just sit back and wait and see because, you know, the options are there's very limited options. But we got to see if Tottenham is even going to do anything about it. And right now, I'm I, right now with with everything that's on their mind, you know, just who the heck knows what they're going to do or if they're even going to do anything at all. You know, right. It is what it is. It's like one of the one of my Tottenham, uh, uh, one of the followers of the show, who's a is a strong supporter of Tottenham. He just basically says it is what it is. He's basically because he he basically explains, look, he's been at Tottenham since he was born for about over fifty years. It's not gonna change. He's used to it. He's just basically just sitting there like they're my club. It's not gonna change. It is what it is, and and I respect him for his loyalty. So. <laughs> Look like that. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say, as far as Tottenham goes, it is what it is. What else can, what else can I say? Well, I think we got everything covered. Anything else you want to say, my friend?
2: No, I think that sums it up.
1: All right. Well, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you, sir?
2: All right. Well, I can be found on Twitter. I, my main account is Joshua D. McSwain. And, and I'm also talking about CFL and XFL football at TGAG pod it's for my True Green and Gold podcast about the Edmonton Elks which uh, i hoping to get back gear closer to the summer mostly it's a youtube show initially i had a pod I'm just going to be a, exclusively youtube
1: from now on with that all right well whatever content you put out there i'm certainly going to be looking forward to it and for ladies and gentlemen, for the reminder that this show, internet FC, the greatest soccer podcast in the world, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. So please, please, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at of Texas, just TX. No need to spell it out. Or you can follow the podcast Twitter. It's at Bear, TX underscore podcast. That's bear TX underscore podcast. Thank y'all very, very much. God bless Josh. Thank you for being on. I cannot wait to have you on again soon.
2: All right. Me too. Thanks for having me on. I'll see you again shortly. Goodbye, everybody.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.